Welcome to the Parents of Goers community. This podcast is for you and for me and for all of us, the stayers, as we choose to thrive with a child on mission. Hello, today on the Parents of Goers podcast, you're in for a treat. We have a special guest who is an old family friend, and I am going to let her introduce herself and tell a little bit about herself and her family. So why don't you go ahead, Susie? Okay. Well, my name is Susie, and I'm married to Tom, and we live in Iowa. We were in um, Southern Iowa for 11 years. Um, I'm a retired music teacher, and my husband is a veterinarian. Okay. And then we moved to Western Iowa in 1990, and we have been here ever since. Um, we have three children, and we have 11 grandchildren. Wow. Seven of our grandchildren, and our one daughter is down in Missouri. And okay. the um, other grandchildren are in Des Moines with our son and his wife. And um, then we have another daughter, the middle child, that is single, and she is um, has been overseas for long term. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I want to interview interview you is because I think when we send our, our children and especially our um, female children, um, we can have some concerns, especially if they're single. And so you've been doing this for a while, what, 10 years? Um, yes, it's been over 10 years and um, she's been in South Asia in um, the same country pretty much, but um, three different locations within that country, which has been interesting because each of those locations has kind of a different culture. And so that, you know, that's interesting because sometimes you think you're in one country and it's all the same, all the same language, all that. And that has not been the case for her at all. So she's, um, yeah, she's been there over 10 years, but she generally comes home for home assignment in the summertime for usually about six weeks or so. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah, it's nice to get to see her. Yeah. Has she had to learn uh, different languages or just different dialects of the same language? She has learned one language. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it was a little bit difficult because in this particular country, she was in the north and then she moved to the south where they did not speak that same language. So that was that was a challenge. Um, oh. So, yeah, but yeah. that's true for anybody on the field, as people know, when they have children over there, that there's just challenges along the way. And right. Yeah. Right. So she, different challenges she, for different countries and different cultures. Yeah. Yes, yeah. for sure. Oh. Yeah. So... As we, as we stated, you have an unmarried adult daughter who's been on the field for many years, like over 10. Um, so where is she? She's been, you said, in the same place the whole time, but different regions, correct? Correct, yes. Okay. Yep. So um, is she in the, you said summertime, she's normally um, home for a few weeks. Is she here in the States now? She is, yes. Okay. Yeah, so it's been fun to catch up with her a bit. She um, was not home last summer. She had come home in 2020 over Christmas, okay. and that was during the whole COVID thing. Right. And 
Um, so we did not see her last summer because she had just been home in December. So it had been a year and a half or so since we've seen her. Okay. So yeah, it's always, it's always nice to get to, to oh, catch yeah. up with her person, you know? So totally. Yeah. yeah. I get that. So how did, um, we're going to use the name Mary for your daughter. That's not her real name, but we're going to use that to protect her identity. So how did Mary know that she was supposed to go abroad and when, and when was this? Yeah, it's so interesting with her. She has always had this draw to a, this certain people group and this certain country um, from, since high school. And um, it was so interesting because then when she went to college, her college roommate happened to have spent time in this country. So that... <laughs> It's interesting how God uses things, repeats things, you know. Right, um, and it's not something she'd chosen. It was just a no a random. No, yeah, it was just a, a seemingly random Seemingly thing. random. Right, but she just felt as though she was supposed to, um, yeah, invest in this, this country in some way or this people group. <clears throat> and then she decided after she graduated from college, to go um, to Mercy Ships, which was stationed in the Philippines. And so she was up and down the coast of the Philippines. They stopped in four different locations. And can you tell us a little, give us a little insight to Mercy, Mercy Ships in case people don't know what that yeah. is? Yeah. It's just a, it's a ship that goes to third world countries where there's a uh, high need, and they provide um, medical care and, um, yeah, just try to invest in the people there. Uh, and she was able to um, shadow a man who went into the to the jungle, actually, to take care of people there. Wow. And it was interesting because medicine was not his background, but he just loved the people, saw the need, and um, just was able to show the love of Jesus through what he did. And they, you know, they were just destitute people. And so she spent some time doing that. And it was after mercy ships really that she knew for certain that God was really calling her to overseas. So does she have a medical background then? Yeah, um, she does. She, she actually was accepted into medical school. She majored in biology in college Um, but she knew that she wanted to go on the field. And when you go on the field, they really recommend that you don't have a huge debt. Right. And she really didn't think she wanted that particular lifestyle for her. And, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's different, but for her, she didn't want that to be her whole life. So she went the PA route and, um, she got, you know, that was her skill set. And then um, she was able to work be prior to going on the field to pay off the debt from that. Very good. But then she, then she had that skill set, you know, to go to go over. So, right. Yeah. Wow. So she went and, and visited kind of Mercy Ship and was part of that. And that kind of convinced her this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And it wasn't, it wasn't just the medical piece, but she saw that that was a role. I mean, she had this real um, desire. The other thing she did is she took a perspectives course, which just really mm-hmm. changed her mindset. That's exactly um, where our son started, perspectives. Yeah. And it just really, he understood yeah. God's plan for the world. 
Right. I think when we're in our culture, we see it through Western eyes and we don't, you know, see scripture, (laughs) you know, as, as maybe was intended. Um, Mm -hmm. So that really changed her mindset too. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I think perspectives have helped a lot of young people and we took it as parents with our son to understand what God's mission for the world is right it's a yes. fantastic course so for anybody who's listening um check out perspectives of the world christian movement is what i think it's called the right. class perspectives of the world right. christian movement because a lot of churches offer that it's a 15 week class and it just really gives you a good insight to other cultures and what god's doing there and kind of his mission for the world so right i'm glad right. you mentioned that yeah yeah so how did you feel about that? This was over 10 years ago. how did you feel about it when she said, hey, mom and dad, I'm going to go live on the other side of the world and tell people about Jesus? In my head, I was kicking and screaming. Um, yeah, I, and I tried visual. to Me too. argue with her and not, you know, trying to give her a different slant, you know, <laughs> Because I had, I don't know about you, but when you have children, you see, you know, where their giftings are. You see how you think they're going to be used. And it's never, ever like that for any of your kids. Right. But um, yeah, I, I had a come to Jesus moment. Um, I, you know, I had argued with her and I could tell it, it was holding her back. Um, I needed to give her my blessing and I just, I just could not go there. And then I was doing a Bible study in my home and it was um, with a DVD and the presenter on the Bible study um, was talking about her wanting to do women's Bible studies. Cause at that time there weren't a ton of them out there. Okay. And um, she said her mother was very, did not want her to do that. She really was resistant to her doing that she thought she was going over the top with her faith and she hmm. didn't want this to be, she had been doing them in her church, but did not want it to be public, you know, up for all the world to see. And um, then this woman said that she was drawn to a scripture in Matthew. I think it's Matthew 16, 23, where um, Jesus is telling the disciples that he needs to go to Jerusalem and he's going to be killed mm. there and suffer and be killed. And um, Peter says, no, no, I don't want you to go. This is, you know, if that's going to happen. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You are nothing but a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of people or you you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of people. Wow. And that was powerful for her realizing that was her mother was a stumbling block. And I thought, well, that's just a coincidence that that's just for this presenter. It's, it's not for me. Not and for so me. then she preceded in the, in the video that accompanied the study about her trip to this country where my daughter was really wanting to go. And she showed the women there that were just without hope, pictures of them. And she'd take their faces in her hands and just, you know, tell them about the Lord. But it was was just a momentary thing. I mean, you know, you can't really um, invest in people in just a short amount of time. And 
So then that was part of the video. And I thought, well, that was just a coincidence. <laughs> and so then all these women, a lot left, of coincidences happening. Yes, exactly. And then um, these women left my house and I came into the bedroom and was getting ready for bed. And I, we have a TV in our bedroom and I turned it on and it happened to be on the discovery channel and it was happened to be featuring that particular country. <laughs> so wow. three things in one night. And I thought, okay, Lord, I think you're trying to get my attention. And that's what he does with me, a repeated pattern uh -huh. kind of thing. And so then I couldn't get into, um, get to my computer fast enough. And I just, you know, apologized and I gave her my blessing, um, and just, you know, said, I know that you need to go. This is your calling. This isn't up to me. It's, you know, what the Lord is calling wow. you to do. And she still has, she still, she, she told me she still has that letter and that made all the difference. And then she was just able to go, you know, forward without any reservations. So. Yeah. I love that you're honest and you tell that story about being kind of resistant and almost argumentative, but then surrendering to what God is obviously revealing to you and then yeah. apologizing to Mary yeah. and just yeah. saying like, Hey, you know, my uh, desires were getting in front of God's desires. And so, right. yeah, I have to surrender you. And um, yeah, I love that because um I think we all have that internal struggle, whether we um, speak it or not. Yeah. And then we need to listen to what God tells us, not our own like common sense. Right. So, and it's, you know, and just to identify and name my own pride thing, because, right. you know, in the eyes of this world, you know, to go to medical school and have a successful whatever, but that, that was not at all her, her mm. calling, you mm. know, and, that I think that's for a parent hard to just listen to their heart and yeah. realize that you know what <laughs> you don't you don't know you can't argue with the Lord's calling on your child's life whether it's here or you know there so right anyway. very good those are good words yeah um I think a lot of children um that go overseas actually get resistance and maybe don't come to closure where their parents <clears> give their <throat> blessing. Right. And so there's always a bit of a rub um, right. when they talk. And so those are the, those are the goers um, that don't last as long on the right. mission field because they right. feel such attention to honor their parents. And yet they also want to obey God's call in their lives. Right. There's this so, constant pull, I think. A constant, yeah. So giving your blessing to her was a powerful um, almost balm for her soul, I'm sure, because she could kind of let that go. Like, okay, yeah. my parents are on board. I yeah. don't have to carry that burden. Right. So I love that story. I love that story. Um, well, it's, yeah, it's real eye-opening for my own <laughs> selfishness, really, you know, it's right. not. And as a parent, we're constantly surrendering our kids. Yeah. And it's hard to um, surrender them to something that's kind of unknown, um, right. like sending them to a different culture, a culture we're not familiar with, um, especially a single woman that just feels scary. And yeah. so that has made me, um, have to really trust God a lot more. Like, um, my son's not really my son. I've taken care of him and guided him, but he's really 
God's kid, you right. know, and I've never really had control over all that he does. I just thought I did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and to know it's a calling and, you know, you may be called to two, two doors down the street from, <laughs> from where I live, but you may be called overseas and you can't argue with how, how the Lord has called you and is going to use your giftings. I was reading last week um, that a calling is where his giftings for your life and your burdens meet together. Wow. And you know, she's always had that burden for this particular people group. And huh. so, I mean, who am I <laughs> to think that I know better than he does? And so right. in retrospect, I can see where he's blessed that in countless ways and used the giftings, still using a lot of the giftings, but in, in ways I couldn't have anticipated much better. Huh. Yeah. That's usually, that's how God works, you know, yeah, the things exactly. we can't anticipate. So let's go to the present day. Um, do you ever feel anxious about her safety and well-being? And if so, how do you deal with that? Honestly, the best thing I did was go over to see her in her surroundings, in her environment. Uh-huh. Um, and it was an adventure, you know, unlike anything I've ever had. And it was totally out of my comfort zone because I, I went by myself. But it was so good for me to see her in her element, interacting with the people that she loves. And for her, it's, you know, they're not a project. They're... Right. They're people that she loves. She's got relationships with their dear friends in this mm -hmm. people group. And um, just to see her navigate through that country, speaking that language, none of which I understood. Exactly. But yeah, she just, um, we, we did rickshaws, we did taxis, we did autos, we did trains, we, you know, and she just was able to, to navigate and she has such joy and, um, and confidence. Yes. Yes. And, and honestly, you know, you hear on the news, um, all these horror stories about certain people groups or, um, certain incidences that happen in these countries, but then you get to, to experience them on a personal level and you realize they are people just like us, mm -hmm. um, in a lot of ways, they don't have all the pieces of truth, but some of their, scripture that they learn is very much the same as ours parts of it. They just don't have the whole picture. And um, just to see that, to eat in their homes and they're just lovely people. Mm -hmm. It's just that, you know, we hear the bad things and right. to know, they just need to know the, the whole piece of the puzzle, you know, right. and they just don't I have would, the whole story. I would totally uh, echo that, that, um, it helped me feel so much better about my son being abroad when I went and visited him yes. in his own neighborhood, met yes. his vegetable lady, you know, hung yes. out with their small group in their home. Like you said, these are real people. Um, they have the thoughts and feelings that we have. They're not a people group and you put them in a box and they are different. Right. They're actually uh, image bearers of God. And so yes. they don't know that a lot of them. And so our kids are trying to um, really um, help them to understand that message. Yeah. But yeah, what helped me feel the best about my 
son becoming a missionary is going to the country where he lived. And so I, yeah. I can't say enough. And I, I have recently written a book, it's not published yet, but a whole chapter um, in the book is about making the trip yes. and how that was so helpful to me and so many others, because when you don't know about something, it's scary. Yes. Yeah. But when you gain some information and some education, it becomes much less scary. So I would really encourage that. How many times have you visited? I, I honestly have just been there one time, Okay, but, um, yeah, it was an adventure unlike anything I'd ever had. And she at the time was living in the ghetto and, oh. you know, uh, but I had such a peace about it just because you just, there's a sense of joy. Unlike I see when she comes to this country, you know, right. she's just, that's where she's called to this people group. And how can I, how can I argue with that? And, and just to, um, I feel a little bit sad, you know, when she's here that yeah. it's, it's not what I thought, but yet to, um, deprive her of that joy in the mm. way that alter, it would just not be even right. <laughs> so know? even if, if listeners are saying, Oh, I could never fly that far. Or I could never travel internationally. Um, would you say, Oh, those are, those are reasonable. Or would you say, go beyond your fear yeah. and go see them? Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. that valuable. Yeah. It, it was just, we just had an awesome time. It really was an adventure and, um, yeah, something that, you know, bonds you to your child too. I think just to let them know that you care enough, you're interested enough to understand their world. And then just when she talked about her friends, I, I knew who they were. Exactly. Um, I love yeah, that part that. of it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So our listeners, if you say like, oh, I could never do that. Um, you could, you could yeah. do that. And it will be very valuable um, if you can yeah. swing it to go visit your child abroad. It's just a super valuable right. insight to their world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, this, now we're going to change the subject a little bit. Um, it's kind of about trying to maintain your family life, you know, with your one child who's missing because she's, she's gone abroad. So do you do anything on like special days or holidays? And she comes home fairly often, which is really nice. Yeah. But, um, have you found a way to feel like, or to make her feel included, you know, on special days or holidays, um, even when she's far away? Is there a way yeah. that you include her? Um, the, the thing that's nice about this day and age is technology. You know, right. <laughs> there's some not so good things about technology, but when you have a child overseas, it's been a huge blessing to us. I mean, we FaceTime, we're able to... Um, you know, connect during the week often, usually when yeah. she's there, but especially at Christmas and special holidays, birthdays, um, we, um, FaceTime and watch her open gifts oh, and very good. make sure she's able to connect with everybody in the family. Um, in the summertime, we have a kind of a family reunion thing where we order t-shirts for everybody in the family, different uh -huh. colors, depending on the year. And we always get one for her, even uh -huh. if she's not there just to make her feel included. And it's fine right. because 
often when we do FaceTime in person, um, she's wearing one of those t-shirts. Oh, I love that. You know that, (laughs) yeah, she, she does use them. So yeah, yeah, I guess that. That's kind of what we have done also, but, but was it, was it an adjustment right at first to have the family together without her? Yeah. I I mean, I just, I felt sad for her. I think, I think probably Christmas is the hardest time for her to be away, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, she tries to plan something special there, you know, um, too, but it's, it's not the same. I mean, she tries to get together with friends or something, but does she have teammates or is she kind of more of an individual? You know, she has had some, but, um, it depends. It's one thing I have learned about having a child overseas. It's not what you think it's going to be. And it's constantly changing and, Uh um, teams come and go and places change. And sometimes you're in a larger group with lots of people. And sometimes you're in isolation. Um, and during COVID, it had to be in isolation, uh, and God, God blessed her in a lot of ways, but in, in some ways that was really hard too. Right. So, yeah. So that was, that was hard, you know, when she was more isolated, especially during the COVID time. So was she yeah. readily accepted by the culture or did she have to earn kind of the trust of people? Well, I think that's one, one piece of advice I would, and I think you would agree with this, just to be, encourage your child to be really prepared on the front end, to learn about the culture, take time, not to uh, just be impulsive about getting right in there, um, Mm -hmm. but to learn the culture and um, understand what's acceptable, what isn't in the context Mm -hmm. in which you are placed. Right. And to to learn the learn the language well, you know, um, so I can't, I can't remember what your question was on that, Tori, initially. Yeah. Yeah. Just did she have to earn their trust? But I think what you're saying is anytime you're going to go into a culture, that's not like your own, to be able to love them well and not judge them according to your own culture. Right. You have to go in and acclimate and become assimilated to the way that they, you know, have um, different standards of time or even uh, cleanliness or, you know, things that we would compare to America. You can't do that anymore. You have to learn their culture, their mores. And so um, I think that, like you said, if you rush in, um, that could be hurtful in ways to the people you're trying to minister to. Right. But if you watch and kind of hang out and um, acclimate, I think that's a good way to earn their trust. And the language learning is a big piece. Yeah, a huge piece. I know um, one gal that came to know um, the sacrifice of Jesus Uh uh, was asked what it was that helped her know that it was the truth. And and she said it, it was because the people that she was learning from she didn't feel like she was a project, you know, she felt like they were her friends and she saw something in them, in their spirit. I mean, the fruit of the spirit, actually their kindness, their compassion and Uh the love, (laughs) you know, that they showed to her as a person. And uh, I think that was huge. A person, not a project. I love that. Yeah. Well, that's a good, good, um, 
a good statement for us to kind of uh, segue into our last question. Um, so what advice would you give to parents who are hesitant to allow, let's say, let's just speak right now to the people who are hesitant to, to allow their daughters to go on to the mission field alone. What advice might you give them to make them um, think through it in a wise way? Well, for me, I think number one is to give her my blessing mm. and to listen to her heart and how God has called her and not try to um, assume <laughs> how God's going to use her giftings Um and to understand that it's a calling, you know, it's a calling. And I can't argue with how the Lord has called her. And um, also to know that there are going to be some hard things. It's not a piece of cake. It's not going to be exactly like what you think. And it's going to change along uh-huh. the way. But as long as they're connected to the vine, it's the right. same vine that you're connected to. Mm-hmm. And it's... Uh-huh. Um, God's going to use it, you know, even sometimes it doesn't seem like it makes sense in sometimes, um, sometimes on the field, but then just to remember that he's still writing their story and Mm. he brings all these pieces together in a way you can't even predict, Mm -hmm. you know, he, and uses them in, in a powerful way, Mm. you know, just to be able to, to trust that. Right. Um, and to know that if he's called them across the ocean, he's not, not going to put them in the middle of the ocean and leave them to drown. You know, he's right there with them. And exactly. they're going to grow. I know for my daughter, she's had been in isolation for two and a half years during the COVID thing. Mm-hmm. And um, her connection with Jesus just grew um, immensely. And I learned a ton from her, I, you know, a part of my hesitation to send her, I think too, was that it was going to change her. And mm-hmm. because of that, it was going to change our relationship. But, um, uh, actually the opposite <laughs> happened. I think, um, it deepened her relationship with the Lord and mm-hmm. mine also it changed. It changed me. I learned a lot. I've learned a lot from her. Right. The other thing I learned was, um, not to hide things from her. I think sometimes at first I wanted to protect her from anything hard that was happening Mm. here. Mm. And it's just important for her to feel like she's a part of the family with all the good stuff and the hard things too. Right. Um, And when I did, when I was able to share some of those things, she could add perspective Mm. that I didn't see. I mean, she had wisdom that wow. I didn't see because she was outside of the, the mix of it, you know? Right. right. So yeah, I've learned a lot from her and mm. um, yeah, it's just been, it's been good. Um, yeah. I think just to be encouraging and to listen to their world, what's going on to know that maybe you can't understand it all, but just to listen and be interested and um you to know that you're there to support her and um, to ask what she needs mm, too. That's good. Not just assume that you know it all. Right. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of think what else? I guess I was reading in Oswald Chambers a few weeks ago where if you're following the Lord's calling on your life, it's going to look really inconsistent mm. because things are always changing, but. He's always consistent. And so wow. we can trust that. 
Um, yeah. So I guess those things. Those are, those are very good words. Yeah. And what I do hear you saying too, is become more of a, um, almost not the parent necessarily, but almost a team member or, a um, more of a coach where you're listening to what, what your child has to say, but letting them, um, lead where they feel like God is calling them rather than come down hard as the authoritative parent. And so, yes. And to understand that they have a lot of wisdom, you know, sometimes I think as a parent, you think you've had all all this experience and should know, but honestly, (laughs) I've learned so much from, from her. Um, yeah, it has really changed my perspective a lot. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Those are fantastic, uh, thoughts and insights and lots of wisdom there. So thanks so much for sharing all that. I think that will really, um, it'll give, uh, especially the parents who are sending daughters off soon or have daughters abroad. Um, it'll give them some insight and it'll give them some comfort. I think just the things you said and the things you've struggled with and the, just, um, the honesty that you've shared. So thanks for being with us and thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all your, your wisdom and, um, yeah, I'm sure everybody will, um, be very appreciative of your words. So thank you so much. Wow. You're more than welcome, Tori. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome.